1: Hail cheaters and welcome to the always cheating fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how
0: are you? I can't believe it's less than thirty days. I think I saw this right on the Premier League Twitter. Less than thirty days before the Premier League starts. Oh
1: yes, less than thirty days.
0: <laughs> it's... The the the, the <laughs> body of the World Cup is isn't even. isn't even cold yet and uh, we're now talking about the premier league
1: it's like it can't it can't be cold because the world cup is literally still happening like there's no it's it's, still alive it's 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 not still alive (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i was saying to you so this is this is one of my favorite podcasts of the season i i love the it's actually a two-part podcast i love these team preview podcasts um you know today we're going through arsenal through Huddersfield. Uh, I think like four days from now, we're going to do uh, the the next 10 teams. Uh, but I do think, you know, before we get any further, we do have to say, you know, commiserations to all of our UK fans and uh, and congratulations to our Croatian fan. You know, it's really it's a big moment for for both groups.
0: Yeah. Hello, Mr. Croatia or Ms. Croatia. We don't know your gender, <laughs> but we know you're out there somewhere. But yeah, it, it was. Uh, I was at work while the uh, England-Croatia game was happening, and it 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 was interesting to watch our Slack and our social media just grind into silence yeah. as extra time rolled on, and it was yeah. it, it was quite somber. I think like now, now sort of uh, ingesting a lot of the media and the podcast and hearing from some of our listeners, everyone is taking it in stride, um, yeah. and you know, der- deriving what joy there is to take out of making it to a World Cup semifinal. So right. um, I I really do admire the way the uh, England fans are um, really spinning this into a positive for their team going forward. Yeah. So he's, as he's a, a U.S. man, to, yeah. as, as a U.S. fan, <laughs> I I would only dream to be in your
1: position. Absolutely. Uh, England fans. It, yeah, it's it was an easy team to root for. So it, make, it, it takes some of the sting away. I mean, this is not their last chance by any stretch. I mean, just the way that they were. You know, there's a moment near the end where Deli Alley was complaining with the complaining to the ref, you know, about some some call or something, and it was like, dude, it's like the 119th minute, you know, and it's like there's just no way the like eight 32 year olds on Croatia would have would have wasted their time with that crap if if the situation had been reversed, you know. It's just like they're just not quite a veteran team yet, you know, and so you know, in four years' time or two years' time for you know in the the um, Euro 2020, Euros, it could yeah. be could be totally different, so. Um, yeah I think they can they can keep their heads high and i that 's courage team is pretty easy to like too um you know as as an outsider without a yeah. without a real rooting interest i mean I just love um, I love how old they all seem <laughs> they all seem like they 're like forty five
0: <laughs> i know i 've been enjoying comparing them to the the motley crew from uh, the original Predator movie starring yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger just uh, with Jesse the Body Ventura and Carl Weathers just having their limbs shot off but still <laughs> trying to kill the Predator. That's yeah. that's well, like what Vita looks like to me and the rest of the Croatian team.
1: I thought you were just going to compare them to Motley Crue. You know, like the long, sort yes. of scraggly hair. It's, that too. Either one works. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that too. But what about France? Are we? Are we? Are we? Ourselves? You
1: know, I mean, they're huh? just like a total juggernaut. I mean, you know, we we talked about it in our World Cup preview podcast. I mean, they they have a great defense. They have solid midfield. They have an excellent attack. Um, they're just they're just excellent. You know, and so there's not as much drama with them. I mean, they they beat Belgium. They, you know a fake controversy I don't, and Belgium really had some sour grapes after that game i think they were just disappointed but uh, yeah, i didn't true. think i didn't think france played overly defensive I, so i mean yeah i mean predictions for the final who do you think is going to win
0: it'll be uh, probably a, i'll predict a 2-0 win for france i uh, yeah i'm going to go with the with the the bookie's odds here and say france will uh come away with the win pretty handily
1: Okay, I, I think France is going to win as well. I will give Croatia a goal, though. I think, I think, I think they will find a way to to create at least one goal in that match. So I'll, the I'll wheels go with are going to have to come France off
0: win. at some point. They've been they've played more minutes than it's a World imaginary. Cup
1: final, though. I mean, I think they can. I think they can pull it together for, for yeah. 90, 90 to one hundred and twenty more minutes. Uh, we do have some news, though, Brandon. We are the Patreon Set and Forget League is finito. It's wrapped. Uh, Craig Morrison has won the Patreon Set and Forget League. Congratulations to Craig. Can we get some claps, yeah, Brandon? Can we get some yeah.
0: clapping? Yeah. Way to go, Woo. Craig. Not only yeah. does he get claps uh, as the winner of our Patreon World Cup League, Craig is getting a $100 gift card to com, Craig, that will be in your digital email. Uh, and I, I, what put him over the top was him selecting Belgium in pot one and uh, Senegal got a few extra points out of Senegal versus I can't remember uh I think that was they were in the same pot as Serbia and uh, teams of that ilk so that's yeah. what put Craig over the top
1: congratulations to Craig and he just pledged in June actually so he really um yeah he he got in with a getting was good it was really, <laughs> 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 the the return on investment from that is uh, is pretty impressive uh just congratulations to uh Lugudieres Luguri- Luguri- Ricardo uh, Antunes uh William Syme who uh, finished in a three-way tie for second behind him uh, then me, Jesse Halstead, and Rick Hortentius finished uh, just behind them. Uh, Sean Mack and Daniel King, Brad Bulo, Jeff Petter, and Roger Kendrick all finished uh, just below um, in the uh, top uh, top slot. So congratulations to uh, everybody. Uh, but extra special congratulations for Craig for that Belgian pick that was such a great under-the-radar pick. I wish I would have made that pick myself.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, and let's not forget about our McDonald's World Cup Fantasy League. Of course, the World Cup is still going on. We'll just run through our top ten real quick. And also, a note: don't forget to set your teams for the with the third place match in mind, right. because the right. third place match could very well be a much more high scoring affair than uh, than the the final itself. So, uh, starting at the bottom of our McDonald's League top ten, we've got. Jekko is God. Is that a, a, a Bosnian fan there in, in ninth place? <laughs> uh, and then uh, bef- uh, in front of Jekko uh, is God, we've got Blaze Matweedy, Squad, Mongoose 888. Then Link Gassman in uh, eighth place, seventh place, Tama Bahoy. I love pronouncing that incorrectly. <laughs> Sixth place, Big Luke 575, Andre 787, also in fifth. Fourth place, price change. Third place, it's uh, FPL General Mark McGettigan. In second, Jane, uh, I'm sorry, in second, second John, Jane Mount. <laughs> Jane and John uh, Jane, Mount. <laughs> Jane, Jane, Jane Mount's husband, John Mount, is in second place. Uh, and in first place, it's uh, Putin in a shift, Floyd Death with an overall point score of 371. The Tinkerman, a.k.a. Floyd Death, is 11th in the world. So that's that's no big shakes right there.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh yeah, well I'll be I I I don't know about all of us. I will certainly be pulling for, for Floyd F to uh to win it all, win that Kia. Um and uh, he's yeah, he's Tinkerman on Twitter. So if you have any advice for him, uh go ahead and, and, and follow him and uh and pass some information along. Brandon, uh we're eventually gonna get to these actual team previews, aren't we? It feels like we've got a lot of uh We've, well, got a like, we've
0: got time. We've got about, what, 20,
1: 28 days before the season right, starts. We'll get exactly. to these team previews. We'll get to Don't these team previews. Uh, before, we, before we get there, uh, it's kind of weird because there's really nothing to talk about except that World Cup final. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's no matches, really. Not even preseason matches yet.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so uh, unfortunate for the listeners because that means we just jump right to our sales pitch.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, this will only take a couple minutes, though. Uh, Patreon changes. We have some new tiers that we've announced. Um, I posted about it on a bunch of different platforms earlier this week, but you can just go to patreon.com alwayscheating always cheating to learn more about it. Uh, we have our first ever Patreon supporter draft league, and uh, we're going to give away an actual physical trophy if you win that draft league. Uh, we're also giving away T-shirts. Um, I thought we might do a, um, a live draft pod, actually, um, where, you know, maybe you and I just pod and then we just make fun of our own picks and everybody else's uh, when we do a live, a live Patreon draft uh, t-shirts at that pledge level as well. So um, everyone who pledges uh, at that level and sticks with us throughout the season gets an, I survived the 2018, 19 FPL season t-shirt. Uh, you can also, uh, there's a trash talk option now too. Um, you can in. pick, you can pick a topic for a Patreon exclusive podcast. Um, and then everybody who pledges at any level gets access to our Patreon supporters, Slack, uh, where you can talk about strategy or the best, you know, uh, the best away kit. I saw that conversation going on today.
0: Okay, uh, I would, the best home kit bar none. Wolverhampton Wanderers, well done, bravo. Mm,
1: yep, it's very. They they're doing it right, aren't they?
0: Better than Fulham. Fulham's, <laughs> Fulham's home kit that was released uh, yesterday is terrible.
1: Uh, and we have. Some yeah, new- the, the. Oh, sorry. Uh,
0: I was just going to jump in and say the Slack has been really great during the World Cup. I feel like we have a lot more active uh, chatters on there, and people are already just like uh, knee deep in FPL team strategy on the Slack now.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, um, there, there, yeah, a lot of really good strategy in there. I, I actually think it's useful to listen to these team preview podcasts before you start strategizing too much or. Or at least start at least like read more about the teams themselves because I feel like I'm seeing a lot of posts on Twitter where it's like team almost said you know just need one more 6.5 million midfielder to complete it's like how can you I can't even begin to think about my I, I like have a team that I put together but I mean it's it's crap you know because I feel like I need to <laughs> like I need to study I really need to think about all 20 teams before I start to think about you know putting my team together otherwise it's just you, you like. I don't want to be in that mode where I'm just like problem solving, where I'm like, OK, I definitely know I want this guy because I like this player. And, who, you know, who can I get to fit in? Like, I, I want to think about who's, you know, what are the fixtures like at the start of the season? You know, who's who's coming back late from the World Cup? Um, yeah. You know, who who might be injured, who might be transferred? Um, so that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about in this podcast.
0: Well, to to that point, uh, just putting this running order to, together with the, the first half of the team previews. We are going to run through uh, what our teams look like at the end of this episode. And I am almost ashamed of what it looks looks like based on the research that I've done over <laughs> right. the last 48 hours. So, yeah, <laughs> so much will change.
1: Yeah. Uh, so let's get into that. Right. Before we do, though, uh, just a quick thank you to our new and upgraded patrons. We have a bunch of new uh, Patreon supporters since the last podcast. Uh, we have two new uh, what we're calling our producer level uh supporters. Uh one is Mike DePietro. the other one is Stephen Toomey, uh both um great friends of the pods, both both great guys. Um so thank you to both of you. Uh new pledges, uh, James Querelt, Matt Newbold, uh Chuck Bailey, Vincent LeChain, LaShawn perhaps. I don't know how you Vincent, let us know how to pronounce that. Uh Anton Eliason. Uh and then we also have some upgraded pledges from uh Vigard Orr, Guy Yedweb, Nick Wright, and Ricardo Antunes. So uh, thank you to all you guys. Uh, We'll be in touch to talk about, uh, you know, the head-to-head league and um, the draft league and and all that stuff in the next uh, week or two.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited to have some producers actually on this podcast who can finally <laughs> much make needed. this podcast perhaps <laughs> perhaps useful for some people. But yeah, Mike and Steven, you, you guys are amazing. Welcome to the Always Cheating team.
1: Uh, but seriously, everyone who supports the podcast is amazing. It is really, sincerely so much appreciated. Uh, and if you'd like to support the podcast or look at the different pledge levels, maybe upgrade to something else, uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. And thank you again.
0: Josh, what do you think? Should we take a quick break and then we can have a clean slate and jump in with our first team preview, Arsenal?
1: Yes, let's do it.
2: Same old podcast, always
1: so Brandon, we're previewing 10 teams in this podcast. Uh, normally I go first because I'm an Arsenal supporter. Uh, this year, however, uh, because of the, the we, we were switching on and off, uh, you're actually going first because you get the chance to talk about Fulham later on in the podcast. We've been doing this been podcast. Yeah, we've been doing this podcast. Uh, this is entering our fourth year doing it and uh you have never once been able to talk about fulham as an fpl team you know so it's it's pretty exciting Not on the
0: podcast at least
1: <laughs> yeah exciting. we've talked about fulham fulham has made its way into quite a few of these podcasts over the years but <laughs> but always like in some rambling tangent that has nothing to do with with fpl sure. so uh sure. yeah sure remember that exciting. one time
0: we had tim ream on as as an actual co-host <laughs> that was what an episode that was a, go back great. into the archive go back and
1: find it all right so arsenal let's lead us off here brandon
0: okay so my opening remark for arsenal it is uh, a team of competition and question marks so uh, we have a new manager in emery and we have a lot of players who are going to be probably competing for starting spots in this team and there is some mystery in terms of what what formation emery is going to play because uh, he was running a four three three with PSG, but lots of question marks over does that four three three translate to Arsenal? Because so many big personalities like Neymar and Cavani and Mbappe, that Emery basically yeah. had to build a formation around them. Right. Uh, but 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 real quick before we get into player talk and formation talk, we'll just look quickly at Arsenal's opening fixtures, right. and uh, it's a doozy um the fantasy plonker asked for arsenal assets do you think it's better to wait until game week three and spend transfers to get them in or have them through game week one and two the reason plonker is asking this question is because it's man city home and chelsea away the opening fixture is not kind however i i am of the opinion just get the arsenal assets in right away because starting in game week three it is smooth sailing West Ham, Cardiff, Newcastle, Everton, Watford, Fulham uh, up through game week eight to see if green. I really do like those fixtures. And who's really to say how Arsenal is going to come out of the gates? They could look really good. Get that new manager bump, uh, just sort of a, a refresh of the squad and the tactics. They could they could do a job on Man City. And Chelsea.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see not maybe wanting a defender, um, the you know for the first couple of fixtures, but you know, Man City at home, first game of the season. I, I, yeah, you'd think Arsenal would be able to score at least a goal in that match, maybe maybe two, and and away to Chelsea. I mean, that's a Chelsea team that 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 won't that probably won't have Conte, maybe won't have Couture, uh, won't have some of you know, just will be missing a lot of their star players. Probably won't have Hazard. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. talk more about Chelsea in a little bit. So. Uh, there's a good chance of goals in that match for them as well. And then, yeah, from there on, it's, you know, West Ham, Cardiff, Newcastle, Everton, Wofford. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, just a great run of fixtures after game week two. Yeah. So the, the
0: attack is an interesting question because if the, if the uh, no lone striker formation sort of persists, if it is a four, three, three, then you could see Aubameyang and Lacazette both getting starting roles for this Arsenal squad and I guess then the question comes down to how do Ozil and Mikatarian fit into that attack so uh I'm very much I mean I think everyone is really high on Yang, though 11 million is kind of a rich price if Lacazette is able to work his way into the starting lineup 9.5 is looking like exceptional value there uh but uh obs on penalties I'd say if you can afford him, if it works into your strategy, it's worth the extra one point five.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, eleven million is it's a little high for a team that's that's changing over so much of its team. But yeah, uh, you know that was that was very elegantly put. But you you know what I'm saying for a team I for a team that's that that that, that you know it's, it's first you know post Wenger season. But yeah, Yang does seem like the kind of guy who might be kind of impervious to that. I mean, he jumped into an Arsenal squad that was not. Not exactly you know pulled pulled together or unified, you know, in the you know late late winter, early spring of the season. and uh, I mean, he was absolutely on fire, you know, I mean, he was just really like he, he sort of didn't matter what what set of players you put around him. he was he was you know really attack minded, scoring goals. so um yeah, I think i you know I have a version of my of, of a team right now that has a in it, and i I really like him as a as a draft option, you know. Not yeah. that we're really going to talk too much about FPL draft right now, but it's yeah, as a draft player, I would love him because I think he's like a total set and forget kind of player. I mean, you can have him all season, and uh, he's just going to pick up a ton of goals.
0: Yeah, and one thing we learned about Arsenal last season was um, how the Europa League impacts a team like this, and it'll be pretty clear uh, a few weeks well, when Europa starts who is going to consistently get league starts and how seriously Emery plans on taking the Europa League. And uh, that will probably clear up a lot of question marks about Lacazette and Aubameyang and uh, and the rest of the the attacking mids. So uh, then, uh, just jumping into the midfield assets quickly, Ramsey is emerging as kind of a, a forum favorite. He's priced at seven point five mil. Emery has already come out and and said that Ramsey is quote a very uh, an important player for Arsenal. So is that just gaming the uh, uh, the preseason the con- contract right. negotiations, or does he truly believe that? But at seven point five, Ramsey has shown that he can really perform as an FPL player. Uh, he has pretty good instincts in the box when, the when he off. he's had the summer off when he's on song. Um, he's a great FPL player. Uh, eight 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 point five for Ozil. Um, if Ozil is having one of his good seasons, then, yeah, of course, eight point <laughs> five is is value. But we haven't seen that for a while. We certainly didn't see it in his World Cup performances. He was looking like his same old languid, turgid, I don't want to be here self. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, but I mean, I mean, the, the the biggest value of all would appear to be Mkhitaryan at 7 million, but there are a number of questions of how does Mickey fit into the starting lineup, depending on the formation. I don't right. see how Mickey can be left out of the squad. He, and and the, the sort of uh, Borussia Dortmund collective that is now descending upon Arsenal, uh, right. the team chemistry that could be there, I feel like Mickey is going to be a great FPL player this season.
1: Yeah, I, he or Ramsey, I guess Ramsey seems a little safer, assuming he does sign that contract. Um, I think I would pay the extra $0.5 million just for the security, you know, if I mm-hmm. was for my game week one squad. Um, if I really wanted to have an Arsenal attacker, and I maybe couldn't afford Lacazette or Aubameyang, Um, yeah, Ozil seems like too risky for me right now at that price. I mean, eight point five million is you can get some. I mean, for you know, for another eight point five million is like the same price as David Silva. You know, like yeah. it's you know, so it's just it's hard to it could be i mean yeah i mean i guess you could say this about like i mean we could just stop the podcast right now and say everybody's a wait and see you know yeah. <laughs> but right. I, it really feels true of a lot of the players in arsenal like it's it's really hard to tell right now yeah. I mean, the whole i mean you're probably going to get into this in a second but the whole defense is just like yeah. who who can you who can you count on right now in that defense? Yeah,
0: Okay, so quick segue into the defense. Uh, new signing the Uruguayan, Lucas Torreira. He's uh, appropriately priced at 5.0. Deep, deep-lying defensive midfielder. Joel E uh, says Torreira will be a big factor, in my opinion. He is a proper solid defensive mid that Arsenal have lacked all these years. The logic there being that Arsenal defense, when the fixtures turn in game week three, uh, Torreira makes... Arsenal's defensive assets look really sensational. Um, So uh, then that leads us to producer uh, Mike DiPietro asks, how will Emery affect Arsenal defense? He seems to play a standard four at the back with PSG trying to figure out if the chosen GK will be worth a look. So, yeah, let's look at uh, Arsenal's defense. On the left, you've got competition between uh, Monreal and Kolasinac, Kolasinac. And on the right, you've got Bellerin and the new signing Licksteiner. Uh, Josh, you would agree Licksteiner has not been brought in to displace Bellerin. He's an old man now. He's Is he, 30, <laughs> is he 35, Licksteiner, I think he, or 34? He,
1: I think he turns 35 this season. But, I mean, he's, yeah. like, a really good player. I mean, right. like, yeah, Bellerin's going to have to beat him out for that spot,
2: even
1: yeah. if they got him on a free.
0: So maybe you're looking at a Europa lineup versus a league lineup, but you're it, you're definitely looking at competition for these spots. And I think the uh, center backs are the the safer options. And new signing Socrates. Um, I had lunch today with a Greek colleague, very excited <laughs> about Socrates. Any Greek player <laughs> moving into the Premier League yeah. is, is a banner day. Uh, so everyone's so I, drink,
1: everyone's drinking the hemlock on this guy. I'm just I'm just not convinced. <laughs>
0: Right. So uh this is what I was talking about. The the uh the I barisador- joke. That was that
1: was sad. That's good.
0: If I if I really knew what hemlock was, I would I would laugh <laughs> at it as well. It's like a weed, is that-
1: isn't it? It's like a poison weed.
0: Okay. Now, that that sounds dangerous. Don't encourage our <laughs> listeners to to drink poison. Uh but uh Socrates looks like he I'm sure I'm saying that incorrectly, but uh looks like he's straight into the starting eleven, priced at five point five. Accordingly, Um, other center back is looks like a shooter's choice at this point. You've got, uh, you know, Mustafi, another another Greek guy, Mavropanos, Rob Holding and uh, Callum Chambers. So who knows there? Um, So there there are just so many unknowns with this defense right now in terms of who starts it. Probably the prediction would be Monreal on the left, Socrates, Socrates and i don't know else mustafi at, at this point in yeah. the middle and then bellerin on the right uh gk this yeah. is a wait and see also it doesn't really even matter cuz you probably don't want either of them if you're looking to do a 4.5 rotation then lino and check both at 5.0 they're out and if you're going 5.0 I really don't see any compelling case at any season to go for a five goalkeeper.
1: I guess if except you were for like play a double
0: them, double game week situation.
1: I guess if you were going to play them every week, you know. I mean, if you, if it was just a set and forget five million goalkeeper and and then you paired them with a four million keeper, I guess that would that would be the way to do it. You know, right. if, you, if yeah. you really believed in Arsenal's defense, uh, yeah. which is kind of hard to recommend right now. I mean, yeah, it's a good point, actually, because in my head I was sort of talking – I was thinking about checking Leno because I'm like, well, at that price, you know, it's so reasonable. But, yeah, you're right. I think I'd rather just have two 4.5 million players than – you know, and have a – spend a total of 9 million than I would spend 9.5. Or, or if I'm going to spend 9.5, I'll just get a 5.5 million keeper and and not rotate them, you know. so yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe they're out. I don't know. I, I'm still. I, I'm. I don't know. I'm still on the fence about it. Uh, you know, maybe maybe a set and forget five million keeper is the way to go, Brandon. I don't know. It's uh, uh, listen.
0: Every every season introduces a new uncon, unconventional thought strain on goalkeepers. Last year right. was the season of David De Gea. Maybe we go for a high priced GK. Whereas mm-hmm. the season before it was, um, uh, what's his face on on Burnley, uh, yeah, who Tom was Heaton. the four. Tom Heaton, he was the four point yeah. five dream. So the big takeaway for Arsenal here in closing is it's all about the attack. Ramsey and Aubameyang look to be the favorites, but Mkhitaryan and Lacazette could present tremendous value depending on uh, what the starting eleven kind of shapes up to be.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's all fair, and I actually think that if Arsenal come out like as a you know with a renewed sense of purpose. Given the amount of, t- you know, talent that's in that squad, I actually think the pricing of their defenders is not terrible. You know, I mean, five point five million. If Arsenal are contending for Champions League spots and are playing, it's it's a big if, right? I mean, because they haven't the last couple of years. But if if they, you know, if they take things up a notch, then then five point five is not an unreasonable price. So uh, but yeah, it's team, it's kind of a wait and see with that whole defense. I, I agree.
0: Cool. All right. So you've got Bournemouth, Josh. What do you got?
1: I've got Bournemouth. All right. Tom Campbell says, thoughts on Bournemouth? Appalling defense, stagnant squad without much activity so far, uh, a geriatric Defoe, but are there some hidden options for your fifth midfielder? All right. So I'm just going to let that question hang there, Brandon, as I
0: let it simmer, let I, it <laughs> as,
1: I, as I talk about Bournemouth. So Bournemouth have pretty strong opening fixtures. They have uh, one of the best opening, like one of the best Game Week 1 fixtures, I'd say. Um, they play Cardiff at home. Um, but Cardiff at home, West Ham away, and Everton at home in their first three. Um, even after that, I mean, if you look all the way through their first 10 weeks, it's it's actually quite a good start. I mean, Chelsea away is the only you know, super difficult fixture in that whole 10-week run. So um, how much will the World Cup affect them? Uh, basically not at all. Um, in terms of incoming players, there's not a lot of business being done right now. The one guy that they've got, I'm kind of excited about him because he's short. Uh, is uh, you know I love a short player. Uh, you love a David, short guy. <laughs> I love a short guy. Uh, David Brooks is a ten million signing from Sheffield. Uh, he had three goals and five uh, five assists and thirty appearances. Twenty one. He's an attacking midfielder, and um, uh, Eddie Howe apparently rates him quite highly. I was reading a little bit about uh, about David Brooks. Um, this isn't the New the York Times political
0: columnist, David Brooks.
1: No, but uh, sadly, it's not. It'd be amazing to see these sixty <laughs> two year old. <laughs> uh, conservative <laughs> columnist David Brooks uh, out there in the pitch, but uh, no, it's uh, I, I mean, just he to can, play with can glasses. He DeFoe a run in run for his money. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, but they actually kind of need someone like him. So I, I, I wonder if he might actually be an option. Um, he's available at five million. So I mean, you know, I don't know that I could honestly say. You know, bring David Brooks in your squad Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. in in game week one. But, uh, you know, he's definitely on the on the radar as sort of a player to watch. Right. Okay, Uh, You know, so that that, that's one player I'll I'll recommend Uh, in terms of the kind of key players in the team from FPL perspective. It's kind of like pick your four point five million defender. You've got Charlie Daniels, who, you know, was pretty disappointing, to be honest. Um, A lot of people, including myself, had him for kind of a long stretch last year. He had one goal and three assists, but that one goal was in game week two. Uh, An amazing goal um, at home to Man City. Yeah. Um, A disappointing six clean sheets on the season. I think he might have played nearly every match for the team this year and uh, nearly all matches anyway. And I mean, six clean sheets in 38 is
0: really terrible.
1: You take uh, him off
0: penalties and you've taken his power away from him, it seems.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Ibe is maybe a player to think about. Um, he's 5.5. Somehow I've got like all of the kind of semi crap teams as I was going sorry through about, this.
0: Sorry about that, Josh.
1: Just the way it worked <laughs> out. Uh, Jordan Ibe, five point five billion, two uh, two goals and six assists. It's actually slightly better returns than I thought he had. Right? I mean two goals and six of this. I, I wish he was five million. At five point five, it's a little too high. Yeah,
0: I he came on strong at the end of last season. I think it's taken yeah. him a long time to to sort of settle into the Bournemouth squad. Yeah. I I've always liked him. Uh, so I hope that he he emerges more. And I think he could be a fun FPL player to have if he mm-hmm. if he starts scoring and assisting on a more regular basis.
1: I've always liked him too. And he's just a little inconsistent um some players to avoid uh, i've got nathan ake who um he does offer more attacking threat but the the team just doesn't really play a style that helps defenders right it, it's mm-hmm. just not yeah they're just not a a particularly defensive minded team it's part of what it's part of why bournemouth are a fun team to watch um but it makes their defenders sort of i mean you know you look at the, these early fixtures and you're like man i think i want a bournemouth defender <laughs> i mean the only you know the, the one player that i would definitely consider is um Begovich who is available at four point five million could get you some you know some some save points he's yeah. also an FPL player so that always uh that any any guy who like who's in the Premier League who also like actually like cares at all about the fantasy game is like immediately uh-huh like a player I'll consider bringing into my team just, just as like a tribute, you know? So this is also like why I'm not going to finish in the top 10 this year.
0: (laughs) And that's not a Pete Rose situation where uh, Begovic isn't going to make it into the uh, world's uh, football player hall of fame because he's gambling on his own sport.
1: I guess not. Yeah. I guess there's no money involved. So they kind of get away with it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I I would have voted. Okay. uh, Ryan Frazier um, is another 5.5 million player, five goals and three assists, but, He's pretty unreliable. Um, you know, he sort of drifts – he's drifting in out of that squad a little bit. Another short guy, so you'd think I'd like him. But um, I, I just find him to be a little too inconsistent. Um, he's like he's, he's one of those tempting players who it's like you, oh, can, yeah. you, he, you can hit him just right.
0: Yeah. He blew up my game week one squad last season. So, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. a That's a hard avoid yeah. for me.
1: Uh, Callum Wilson and uh, Jermaine Defoe, um, they're really – they're cheap. They're affordable. Both of them are really affordable. Um Wilson is six million. Defoe is six million, um, but Defoe is like thirty eight years old. I know he keeps himself in great shape, but like he's he really faded down the stretch. And Callum Wilson, I mean, it's you know we talked about him in last week's podcast, but just his inability to score was insane. Uh, yeah, the it was a second disaster half of last season. It was a kind of a disaster. He lost his confidence, I think. Yeah. Um, so the the one under the radar player that I'll mention here is uh, Josh King um Josh king isn't exactly under the radar because anyone who's played the game for a couple of years has either had Josh King in their team or thought about bringing him in. He started the season I think he was seven point five to start last season, so it was just a little too expensive for a for a team of of Bournemouth, you know kind of table placement you know yeah, but um right now he's down to six point five million you know he scored you know four goals in his last seven matches of last season I think that it was like it was like the team didn't quite work at first when they added Jermaine Defoe. It was always weird to add Defoe, and I, I don't really know that it really helped the team long term. Um, but given their opening fixtures, I actually think I might like him at six point five million. I definitely like him more than Sanctosin. um yeah. As far as Will Zaha goes, I guess I probably still slightly prefer Zaha. But um, you know, if you're looking for a you know like a Mo Salah enabler, and you just need that point five million, I don't think the the downgrade from Zaha to Josh King is that great. I actually think that that mm-hmm. may be a move to consider doing. Um, and honestly, if you're going to bring S- Salah into your team, you're going to have to find some some value, you know, some value options. So there you're, There's yeah. going to be
0: some trash in your squad with, with yeah. Salah there for sure.
1: Yeah. Overall, I can't say that I'm too excited about this team uh, yeah. just because they haven't made a lot of changes. And it, yeah. it would have been fun. I mean, maybe they'll still make some big transfers and bring in some fresh blood. But let's, let's hold out some hope that David Brooks... All right, I'm all in on Brooks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, they should, uh, yeah. Uh, I agree. They're not an exciting team. When they first came to the league, they were they were interesting, and I think they won a lot of people's hearts. Um, but last year, they they there was no growth of any kind, and they almost regressed in terms of their performances. So they're yeah. going to have to show show us uh, that. They're gonna to have to excite us, Josh.
1: Yeah, I mean their their defense was terrible and they haven't made any changes yet. So it that that's, that to me is the biggest issue.
0: Yeah. Nathan Ake is so interesting. Five million is just a it, it Ake was intriguing when he was the four point five defensive Loney to Bournemouth yeah, from, from Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. And then he was then it was just it was irresistible, but five point just knocks him off the table. Yep. All right, are we ready for Brighton? I'm ready. Let's 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 see it. Brighton is an interesting counterpoint to Bournemouth because now they're being asked to do what Bournemouth is, you know, working really hard to do, push on in the Premier League. They've they've shown that they 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 have the wherewithal to survive a season in the Premier League. Can they push on? The problem for Brighton here is that their opening run of fixtures is absolutely dreadful. The starting game week one away to Watford, then it's United Liverpool hosting Fulham and Southampton. Not bad. Then another uh, doubleheader disaster with Spurs and Man City in game weeks six and seven. So for our good old friends Duff and Donkey, for our Donkey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I will always get those. Uh, <laughs> let me just say that again. I could have. Oh come on, that, that was funny. Stuff. You got to keep that in. <laughs> yeah right right the duncan duffy like, I that is i i need to come up with a better mnemonic device in my head but the the hedge knights duncan duffy uh are not looking very appealing given those opening fixtures yeah uh, so yeah. Uh, let's let's start with the attack um glenn murray is still the big man at 6.5 he uh speaking of olds going back to your your germain defoe discussion he turns 35 in September. He perhaps will come uh, come back in game week one with more hair plugs. It's it's unclear. It's always uh, possible. <laughs> but this dude is old. Uh, but despite all <laughs> you that... You're younger, uh,
1: you younger than me, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God.
0: Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, he's still old, but he managed 12 goals last season, and he's on penalties. So, you know, there's always a case to be made for... Glenn, if he can, you know, still manage to get 60, 65 minutes a game.
1: I felt like he was getting so faded. I don't know if he got tired down the stretch last year or if he was just getting phased out, but if he definitely was not really part of the attack, I feel like by the final weeks of the season. It, it kind of, I remember it actually because he was a like a kind of a popular double game week option. He was sort of disappointing.
0: Right. And and the whole pen thing, too, uh, speaking of Glenn Murray fading, we'll get to Pascal Gross in a moment. There is some uh, interest in Pascal Gross maybe taking pens off Glenn Murray for good. But just to round out the the strikers, Jurgen Lakadia is a guy that Brighton signed for a record uh 15 million in the January transfer window last season. But we didn't see a whole lot of Lacadia. He had an issue with his hamstring that kind of uh kept him out of the starting lineup, just six appearances for him, one goal and one assist. Uh, and uh, he came from PSV, so we I think everyone is aware that um, Dutch players, people who come from the Dutch league, it's very yeah. dicey. Uh, <laughs> particularly with attackers, it doesn't always pan out. But um, Lacadia looks like to be the most likely at this point, barring any future signings from Brighton, the one that's most likely to knock Glenn Murray off of his striker yeah. pedestal.
1: Don't you think Jurgen uh, Lacadia sounds like that sounds like like a generic name and like a knockoff like FIFA game or something like that. It's like sure, two. Yeah. it's like two – like Jurgen and Lacadia. Those are let's just put those two names together. It's like it doesn't it doesn't sound like a real person's name. No, totally. It's
0: it's like the the a, a French Jurgen Klinsmann or
1: something like that <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, and there's this new signing, Florin Andone, I think. See, that's a normal name. Florin (laughs)
1: Andone, a very (laughs) simple English name, right? Florin Andone.
0: Yeah, that is the FIFA sanctioned EA Sports <laughs> FIFA name right there. Uh 25 year old Romanian. Uh he's he's priced at 5.0, but um I I don't know that we're gonna see a whole lot of this guy at the start of the season, but just just put it putting him on your radar. So let's get to the big man. FPL Classico says uh, Gross was the main man last season for Brighton, and that probably won't change, even though they have tough game weeks two and three. Isn't he the type of player who acts as the main inspiration for a team like that, that he would be worth $7 million. So Gross is uh, facing an uphill battle here with FPL managers because he's been, he's been up-priced. He's been priced to sell, not to buy at $7 million. Yeah. So my, my question for Gross this season is, will he become the German Christian Eriksson or will he become the, the German Dimitri Payet? So Pyatt had that breakout season for West Ham, and then he basically had an emotional breakdown and uh, had to leave the entire league, uh, he, even though he was he was a, a joyful midfielder, set-piece taker. Um,
1: One of the great guy. short players we'll see in the Premier League.
0: Yeah, um, or, or does Gross have that staying power like Christian Eriksson does, a way to really stamp his his name on the league over the next season or two. Uh, Gross took one penalty late last season. Took it off of Glenn Murray. So the the question is: Is he going to emerge as the official pen taker? Uh, seven goals and eight assists last season. I have a thought on Gross. What, but what is your immediate thought at Pascal Gross? At seven he's just,
1: he's just too expensive. I mean, their their fixtures are bad. Um, he's not really a goal. It's not like he's a out of position midfielder who like really is more of a striker. Or you know, it's not like a Will Zaha situation. Um, I just don't see it. I just don't see how, I mean, Brighton aren't that good either. No offense yeah. to Brighton supporters, but they're, they're not, you know, and, and yeah. it's just, it's too much. This is, this happens every year, right? Every year there are a couple teams that, that, you know, sort of that should have gone down, but don't because of a combination of excellent play from a couple key players and some luck, you know, or just some teams that were really dreadful, like, like West Brom were for most of last season and, you know, and then you know whoever the best player is gets priced too high, and this is happened with Guilty Sigurdsson and other people too. So, uh, I, I really cannot recommend Gross. Um, uh, you know, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I
0: have nothing to add to that. I completely agree. Uh, I look forward to watching Gross play this season, but there's just no way to really fit him uh, strategically into an FPL lineup. Other midfielders yeah. to watch: Ischiardo really came on strong at the end of last season? He's priced at six mil, him five I goals like. and. Five- yeah, and uh, he saw one start for Colombia in the World Cup. He shouldn't be too knackered from from that uh, seventy minutes that he played. But he is an exciting. Uh, he plays on the left, does the whole cut in move, the uh, the uh, Iron Robin cut in and and rip it into the top corner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So six six million for Iskiardo far more intriguing than seven million for Gross. I think. Knockhart at five point five mil. We talked about him briefly recently for some reason i am not a believer in Knockhard at all yeah the talismanic figure that will never translate from the championship into the premier league i don't know Stay I think away you're, from you're being
1: league. too harsh I, I think he's an under the radar possibility but not given their opening fixtures
0: yeah he he's a total tryhard. uh for your consideration though dale stevens he is the um A classic uh, fifth midfielder uh, priced Mm -hmm. at 4.5. He is a a steady starter. At least he was last season. Poor man, Mark Schneiderlin. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you're looking to get um, luck into three points off your bench via a clean sheet, Dale Stevens is your man. Right. Um, And let's just jump through their defense real quick because I think this is the main reason to talk about Brighton. They were defensively uh, strong. Uh, even though they 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 kept 10
1: clean sheets last season is that a lot i think it's It's solid for a team of for for team of their um you know for 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 promoted team i think that's pretty good yeah so my big question here is
0: the nigerian signing leon Balagun. he's priced at 4.5 same as duncan duffy we saw a lot of him in the world cup playing for nigeria he started all three matches for them look like a decent composed central defender he's 30 years old brings a lot of experience from uh, League Ones, M- Moms, Mains. Sorry, I, that is not my native tongue. Um, <laughs> so I'm very curious to see how that uh, reshapes the Brighton defense. Are they going to go three at the back to fit Bellagun in, or is he backup for Duffy and Dunk? Right.
1: Uh,
0: or uh, Duff, uh, Duffy himself is suffering from, uh, he's flagged 75% with a groin injury. Um, so uh, maybe they stick with four at the back and, and Duffy is sidelined for, for a while. I'm not sure how serious that injury is. But Dunk, the own goal maestro, four own goals <laughs> last season. Uh, I do, if anyone is going to score goals on this defense, I'm not, I'm not spinning this into a joke. I think Dunk will be the guy. Um, last, I think at some point last season, I said I'd eat my hat if Shane Duffy didn't score a goal in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So um if I've eaten not. a hat. I, ate, I did eat a hat. Um, <laughs> We've got but...
1: video of it. We'll <laughs> we'll share it somewhere. <laughs> uh, the guy here, though, that
0: I have my eye on is Matty Ryan. He, for me, if you're looking at a 4.5 goalkeeper rotation, uh, he was third in saves in the Premier League last season just behind Butland and Fabianski, made 124 saves, uh, and if you're talking about those ten clean sheets and top of lots of save points, I think Matty Ryan should be rated as a one to rotate in a four point five rotation.
1: Yeah, and he was he was pretty solid for Australia at the World Cup. I mean, they got knocked out in the uh, uh, you know in the um, preliminary stages, so I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be starting. You know, beginning a game week one for them. So yeah, I agree with that. I I, I wonder if there are better goalkeeper rotations, but. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like I like Ryan as a, as a possible rotation option option for sure. I, I like him more than than their defenders, I, yeah. than the, than like than than the center backs.
0: It is merciful to have these Brighton defenders priced at four point five because when the fixtures turn, it will be easy to bring them in. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm not worried about that. We can have them when we want them, and there are actually a, quite a quite a lot of good, decent four point five defensive options to pick from that are not on Brighton. Yeah
1: uh come to burnley brandon opening fixtures strong plus minimal <laughs> world cup commitments you know i like that uh absolutely really like their opening eight fixtures uh really only one truly difficult fixture in there their way they they play man united but even then it's at home uh in game week 4 and and the, you know man united might just be might just be adding in you know players like lucaco starting in game week you know 3 or 4 so um you know even that could be a clean sheet uh, possibility um, world cup doesn't really affect them uh incoming players it's it's to be determined um the one thing that um in terms of outgoing players the uh, pope versus heaton thing may get resolved because um there has been some talk that uh, that pope may actually go to liverpool um and after uh after some of the videos of carriers have come out in the last week or so i, I do do unreal. Yeah, unreal i do, I do I, wonder, I mean i don't know they may try to get someone I mean, obviously they've, they've talked about trying to get allison from from roma I, you know it sounds like that price is going to be too high i mean i think Roma, you know claim they were offering you know they, they would sell them for 85 million or something like that but um, <laughs> okay. it was something it was, it was basically like you like we gave you mo Salah for you know the cost of a nice ikea table and you know uh you know he's gonna he's gonna finish you know, third in the bell door this year Uh, we're not gonna you know we're not gonna make that mistake again so
0: so liverpool basically grew tired of of uh, raping southampton so now they've moved on to syria (laughs) yeah i
1: think i think so yeah so uh incoming players there there hasn't been too much news yet i was kind of trolling around looking for looking for transfer news for for burnley and i haven't seen too much maybe our friend dave from burnley can can educate us um you know on twitter later on but uh for now it looks like it's going to be uh the same same group that we've had before and I actually think there's some really interesting I I it's almost a guarantee I'm going to have at least one Burnley player in my in my team uh going into game week 1. Um I really like you know Southampton, Watford and Fulham in their first three even though two of those three are away. Um I, I really like um okay, a couple players that I like. I like Chris Wood who I find I sort of put him in that 6.5 million category with um um, with Josh King, I might actually like him a little better than Josh King. Um, he had uh, ten goals and one assist last season. He um, was also injured for I think he missed about ten games, um, and mm-hmm. so when he was healthy, he was he was really banging him in. Um, it just you know, for their kind of old school approach, he's a perfect fit. You know, he's just a he's just a big lad. You know, <laughs> and just <laughs> and just a pretty pretty clinical finisher too. I I like him a little more than Ashley Wood. I've seen talking about like Ashley Barnes. Players, uh, excuse, yeah, Ashley Barnes. Excuse me. Who's Ashley Wood? Is that, is that somebody? A, I've written uh, down Ashley Wood here, but I don't think that's anybody. You, I hope that's not Ashley like a porn Witt. star or something, and I've done something really embarrassing. <laughs> oh, geez, geez, geez. <laughs> uh, Ashley Ashley Barnes, uh, who's uh, I,
0: I think you may actually be thinking of Ashley Westwood, maybe. Uh, who that, that maybe uh, also yeah. also plays for Burnley,
1: <laughs> right? Uh, Ashley Barnes, uh, nine goals, uh, no assists, six million. I, I just. To me, Chris Wood is worth the extra point five million. I, I see him. I, I know you, you know you got some some points out of Barnes at the end of last year. Yeah,
0: Barnes was a legend there. You know, like game weeks thirty to thirty six or something, something like that.
1: Yeah. So I think an opening. You know, if you really want, you know, I don't know. I think that if you're if you're if you're going heavy in the midfield. I think Chris Wood or um, or Josh King are two options I consider. I just think that Burnley's a better team than Bournemouth, so um, I think that that maybe puts Chris Wood a little bit ahead. Um, I just think that I, I see Burnley maybe. I don't know, like you know, it'll be like a tighter game where maybe like I don't know, like where he could score up a set piece goal or something like that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all kind of guesswork at this point, but I, I do I do rate um, Chris Wood a little more highly than Ashley. Um, Ashley Barnes, um, you know, but uh, they're both solid enablers regardless. Um, the other player um, that I like here is uh, Goodmanson, um, who had uh, two goals and seven assists last uh, last season, uh, seven bonus points, available for six million. Uh, he did play for Iceland in the World Cup, but, um, you know, they got knocked out early as well. Um, it feels like he, I mean, he was pretty solid all of last season, but I feel like by the end of the season, I mean, he was just on every set piece, you know, he was yep. just i i love players like that i love it is a fantasy player who's on every set piece is so valuable um yeah. because you know there's a lot of a lot of ways a lot of cheap ways to pick up assists and in, in the fantasy game and um i don't know i just you know like you you could get it off a corner uh you know obviously you could score on free kicks things like that um they've got a lot of tall guys that he can you know throw a set piece into in the, in the box so um mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that Goodmanson is definitely an option. Um I, I think that either Goodmanson or Wood is going to be on my team uh, going into game week 1. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think I would prefer Goodmanson over Wood just um I don't know why. I think it's the it's the set piece point you were making and and if the goals start getting spread around which uh you know, maybe right. Wood is just going to clean clean up.
1: Uh the defenders are there, there are a lot of, they have a lot of talented 5 million defenders. There's not a lot to separate them. Um, I think that uh, Tarkovsky is probably the safest, wouldn't you say? Mm. Yeah. Ben, me, maybe. I mean, between those two, it's really, it's really tough. It's, it's hard to say. And they're, uh, both,
0: they're both totally nailed on. I mean, they, they yeah. were a sensational duo last season, and it's yeah. not like they're aging out of that squad. I think they're just yeah. coming into their own.
1: I mean, Kevin Long was so good. You know, yes, so it's true. I, I've yeah, got depth. Yeah. So I I guess maybe maybe I would see long possibly challenging me at some point. possibly. Um, which maybe just puts Tarkowski a little bit ahead um as a player I'd look at. I, I don't like their um their um their backs, their fullbacks quite as much, um, even though they've mm-hmm. actually have slightly more attacking returns. Um players to watch the, that are sort of under the radar, um Charlie Taylor and Phil Bardsley. Uh, they're both four point five million and it's possible that they both could earn starting fullback nods. Uh Charlie Taylor was actually pretty good last season when he was filling in for uh for Loughton. So um or actually no, I'm sorry. I think he was filling in for um uh Ward. For Ward, thank you. So um yeah, so I think um, you know, I, I don't know. What do you think about Burnley? What what are your thoughts? I mean, you, you mentioned in last week's podcast they didn't end the season keeping a lot of clean sheets. So is that still they did well, I feel –
0: Yeah, they faded a little bit, but that actually doesn't make me super downbeat about Burnley because I, I mean, I am, I am part of the Sean Dyche fan club. I think he has done a really good job going back to what I was saying about Bournemouth earlier, about how you settle into the league. Burnley feels more a fixture than, than Bournemouth does at this point. And uh, they're, they're sort of now filling that Stoke City role. Um, That said, I I think they still manage some pretty entertaining attacking play um, in in various matches. My huge worry with Burnley is their um, tie with Aberdeen July 26th and then the reverse is on August 2nd. That's going to determine whether or not Burnley is playing in the Europa League this season. And if that happens, Burnley is completely screwed um, because I'm not sure they have the depth or the the energy to right. go play in the hell mouths of Eastern Europe, uh, on Thursday night and then come and yeah. put in a shift in the weekends.
1: Yeah, you're right. I should have, I should have mentioned that. I, I don't know that it affects their, their forwards and midfield quite as much as the defenders. It could make the defenders a little, a little less compelling as options. And, um, I don't know. I still, you know, I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they have this run, uh, in game weeks, uh, five through eight, where they play Wolves, Bournemouth, Cardiff, and Huddersfield. And I think you'd want a defender for those, but maybe you can hold off until then. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, two of their first three fixtures are away. But uh, but yeah, as I mentioned before, I think they're, they're, um, some of their attacking players are worth uh, considering.
0: Let's go to Wales, shall we? Let's do it. Cardiff City, Neil Warnock. He rides again, Joshua. Yeah, sure. We, yeah. I know, I know you missed him since his his brief stint with QPR. Yeah. You know, last, I like love
1: Neil Warnock. Right, I love this guy. He
0: he looks he looks a bit like a witch. I have to say. So it's <laughs> looks like a too male witch. He looks, like,
1: he looks like a warlock. Is what he looks like.
0: <laughs> yeah, Neil Warlock. I think <laughs> is the appropriate. <laughs> okay, all right. We we somehow we got there. We got to the right place with Mister Warlock. Opening fixtures for Cardiff City, newly promoted team. Uh, They've got Bournemouth away for their opening fixture. Then Newcastle, Huddersfield, not bad. Then it gets bad. (laughs) Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, uh, Burnley, and Spurs, absolutely devastating. There's not a
1: win in there, right?
0: Uh, No. I mean, they're basically going to have to put some points on the board in the first three game weeks if they have any hope of – of survival so uh just a brief background on cardiff city for those who have never heard of this team before they finished second in the championship last season largely on the back of their defense they kept a whopping 19 clean sheets um their attack was only the sixth best in the league 21 of their goals came from set pieces though so the defense really comes out ahead with, uh, if you're looking at Cardiff, great, uh, looking good for clean sheets, lots of set piece goals. I'm going to run through, um, the defensive options right now. Uh, their team captain, Sean Morrison cleaned up with, uh, seven goals and one assist. He's 27 years old, uh, in, in central de- defense and, uh, his partner in crime back there. It's Sol Bamba also priced at 4.5. He scored four goals and one assist. Last season for Cardiff in the championship,
1: so uh, if Solbamba is for, kind of in that Jurgen Locadia category. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. real <laughs> name, fake name. Not, not, not sure. got FIFA name. <laughs> uh, so the the
0: debate here is: um, Do you like goals or do you like bonus points? Sol Campbell rates higher on all the stats that it's are going to get Sol you bonus. Solbamba, bon- Sol uh, he's going to he's going to rate higher on what it takes to get bonus. Say Cardiff does get a clean sheet. Um, but Morrison is probably worth the the risk just to sacrifice one or two bonus just to see if you can get a goal. Then you're really going to lock in. Uh, then too Josh, bad you're really locking in the bonus. <laughs> yeah.
1: Did you're... Neil Warlock call the uh, call the cops on you? Near, N- Neil Warlock <laughs> does not like the
0: slanderous <laughs> podcast of always cheating. He sent the police here to get me. It's
1: it's too bad that Sean Morrison is uh, at five million at four point five billion. He'd be like such a fun. Like he'd be like the perfect perfect player because only FPL nerds would have him in their team yeah. um or and Cardiff City fans I guess but I mean yeah. 7 goals is pretty fluky for a, for a defender right I mean that's I that's do like love this hard yeah. hard, hard, hard I, to see him replicating that
0: I picked up this stat on Fantasy Football Scout with Sean Morrison he had 50 goal attempts last season a rate of one goal attempt every 66.6 minutes mark of the beast <laughs> uh, that is just sh- that is shy of Marcus Alonso level. Uh, last year, uh, Marcus Alonso had a shot every 44 minutes, so, but if so you're looking it- at pr- Premier League center backs, um, Sean Morrison wiped the floor with them in terms of goal attempts per minute.
1: Wow, so he is a center back, then that's it's really interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a quick word of warning about goalkeeper Etheridge. He is uh, he plays for the Philippines national team Mm -hmm. and the Asian Cup, which will become a huge factor in January. Anyone who's involved with the Asian Cup. And I'm looking at you, Hungman, some you could be missing up to five weeks of the Premier League season come January. So do not look to Cardiff for your goalkeeper rotation. That could be a problem.
1: Fair enough. I'll stay away from, from, uh, from Etheridge. Uh, yeah. Does he have, a, do he have a first name? or is just, It's, just, it's just Etheridge. Melissa. It's Melissa. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, the, in the attack, the exciting signing was Bobby Reed, a 25-year-old English striker who was the third highest goal scorer with Bristol City last season in the championship, scored 19 goals. He also came away with seven assists. Very wow. fast, energetic striker. He's priced at $5.5 million. I think he's going to find his way into a lot of um, templates for your third budget striker. But yeah. um, we, you have to keep an eye on Transfer News for Cardiff. They've been linked to guys like Solomon Rondon, who was looking for a Premier League club to sign on with. Uh, m- maybe Warlock would play Bobby Reed and Rondon together up front, sort of like big guy, little guy fast guy uh slow guy yeah uh, uh so um but but 5.5 5 is a great price for a striker who has that kind of pedigree yeah. coming out of the championship
1: I, yeah i talked a little bit about reed um on last week's podcast i mean you know i won't pretend that i've like seen a, a billion Cardiff city matches but you know i mean he's he's, he's a short guy big fan right can't say mm-hmm. that enough this year very i'm going all in on shorties brandon
0: it's, it's kind of j- ironic that you're a big fan of a short guy. If you follow me,
1: <laughs> I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm supporting all the shorties. If, if, if I can't decide between two players this year, Brennan, I'm going with the shorter guy. Okay. That's, that's okay. my rule. I love it. Uh, yeah. This season. I, I won't, I won't, you know, it won't affect my, my prognosticating on the podcast, but just personally, everyone should know that I'll, I'll be going with the shorties. If you are planning to wildcard card in, very early on let's say you're playing a wild card by game week four um or you're planning to play a four four two, and um and you can have kind of a third striker that you don't need to play every game week mm-hmm. that bournemouth newcastle huddersfield run in their first three matches is actually pretty solid right i mean that is like that actually makes bobby reed kind of compelling i think yeah. you know like no. it, it, uh. yeah cheap and good fixtures
0: uh yeah no i i agree he's actually in my bus team right now so uh.
1: yeah and i think i you know remember like with huddersfield last year i mean there's something to be said for a for a promoted squad that just comes up like firing right like just like really like excited to be in the league like a lot of adrenaline a lot of energy um comes out of the gate really strong that could be cardiff this year so uh yeah yeah, i think we're going all in on bobby reid brandon
0: uh one midfielder to watch, Junior Hoylett, priced at five point five mil. Uh, he scored eleven wow. goals last season and we know he's a wow. favorite of the warlock. Uh he yeah. he followed Neil from QPR over to um over to Cardiff. Yeah. So you, know, man you probably was, remember him from
1: He was the man who was too good to play for Canada until he got old. And then <laughs> suddenly started playing for Canada. It is the legend of the man who refused to play for Canada. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get to the the final five teams.
0: Same old podcast,
2: always
1: Brandon, we're back. Before we get any further, just a quick a quick topic uh, to to break things up for a moment. Harry Haslam asks us how our UK plans are coming along, and we have some news on that front.
0: Yeah, we have plane tickets. Uh we're we, we have a definite <laughs> we have a definite date range. I think we're what well, we're flying in on October fourth.
1: Yep. And then
0: yep. uh and then we leave that Monday. So uh we're we're gearing the trip around the Fulham Arsenal match that's gonna be at Craven Cottage on Saturday or Sunday. And yep, to be to be determined. And then we're hoping to see um, maybe a Europa League match on Thursday night mm-hmm. and yep. a match on Sunday as well. Maybe that'll take us um, north of London. Maybe we'll get oh, to. Uh,
1: if we went to Burnley to watch a Europa League match on a Thursday night, that would be amazing. That that might actually be the highlight of the trip.
0: that would be pretty sick (laughs) so uh we're we're in the early stages we've already we've already put the word out on twitter um we're looking for recommendations of neighborhoods in london where we can uh set up an airbnb a home base and we're gonna bring we're gonna bring uh loonies or or pounds whatever currency it is that you use in the uk to buy our listeners some beers Uh, we want to meet you guys we want to hang out um have a bit of an always cheating meetup while we're there. So it's going to be fun. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. We're like, basically Brent and I are just, just us, no family. We're there for five days and, uh, we've been saving up for this trip. So we're going to blow it out. Uh, we're going to go to every game that we can go. We can go to like anything we can, we can get tickets for, you know, we're going to spend the money and we're just going to do it. Um, yeah, we want to be, we want to be I want to have a drink in my hand the entire time that I'm there like I want to yes. fall asleep with the drink like, like I want to like tape I want like a like duct tape drink to my hand as I'm sleeping just in case I want to wake up what
0: was and, the what was the game that one played in college Edward 40 hands where you uh, <laughs> exactly. you walk into a house party and you have a 40 ounce <laughs> duct tape to eat your left hand and your right hand
1: <laughs> right yeah so yeah we're gonna do we're looking at Airbnbs right now we're trying to figure out what neighborhood a lot of people on uh on Twitter in particular have, have given us some really solid uh, recommendations. So thank you to everybody on there. Um, Yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, so it'll be be for those October 6th and 7th fixtures. Maybe there'll be a Friday night match. That'd be awesome. Um, But yeah, definitely going to Fulham Arsenal at Craven Cottage, other, other matches to be determined. So uh, more to come on that. Cool.
0: All right. Let's Uh, speaking of London uh, next up is Chelsea. Uh,
1: Good transition. Chelsea. It's a weird team, Brandon. They have just they have just fired Conte, who called their bluff. It was amazing. Everyone knew that they wanted. <laughs> everyone knew that they, they they wanted him out. He refused. He wanted to be fired instead of instead of resign in order to get the severance package. So he went through all of the rigmarole of preseason training. Everything he like they they really forced them to fire to force them to fire him, which they finally did. Why Were not? you ever
0: a fan of MASH, Josh? Do you remember the TV show MASH?
1: The TV show. Sure, yeah.
0: And Klinger, he, he wanted to get sent home from Korea so bad that he just wore a dress every day. Right. Um now, right. We, we we've we've done away with a lot of these gender stereotypes and, and good riddance to them. But uh do you do you think Conte would was doing the Klinger? <laughs> like he was just was wearing possible. dresses to the training okay. pitch dare <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm I'm a you know I'm a pretty serious fan of the Premier League, Brandon. Uh, we host a weekly podcast about it. Uh, I don't know that I completely understand why Conte had to be fired. Is it? Am I? Am I? Did I just miss something big? I mean, I, I know that like it, 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 he wasn't getting along with Abramovich. Just like kind, he's such a great manager, it, it, it's kind of weird, right, that he like had yeah. to go. After it one seemed like a lot
0: of players just hated his guts. Um I don't know if this was uh Photoshop tomfoolery on social media but um apparently Ses Fabregas was out there liking tweets that that said yeah. like thank god he's gone. It's very mature, uh, Fabregas. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, yeah, they they have a notoriously toxic locker room right yeah Chelsea. Does. yeah that's just a weird
1: i'm sure i'm sure chelsea fans uh know a lot more about that but i but regardless conte is gone uh it looks very likely that mauricio Sarri is going to be the next manager he um has been doing great things at napoli the last couple of seasons um and uh yeah you know we don't know too much about how what Sarri would do i mean he he Sarri was not playing a three at the back you know style at napoli so you know, there's suggestions that you know some players like Alonzo could be in trouble. Could flip the other way, and Alonzo could actually just basically play as a winger, uh, in which case he'd be even more valuable. Um, so it's you know, the, he's a little up in the air. The whole team is really up in the air because, you know, almost there are very few teams in the Premier League that will be more affected by the World Cup. Um, even a team like Man City is actually slightly less affected because some of their you know a lot of their players got knocked out early. But there's Belgians. So they also Belgians have a million Chelsea. players. <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, here's just a few of the players who will be affected by the World Cup. Probably won't be starting the first two or three weeks. Uh, Coutois, Hazard, Giroud, Willian, Conte. Um, I mean, you could even throw in you know, C- Cahill, possibly Ruben Loftus Cheek. Uh, Christensen yeah. made the round of sixteen. Moses, Osbalquetta. Uh, I mean, Moses Osbalquetta were knocked out in the in the early rounds, but they might get a little extra rest time too, especially some of the who like you know, always plays fifty matches a season. Um so just a, you know a lot of a lot of turmoil. There's also talk that uh Jorginho, who's a defense I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think uh, it's Jorginho. Jorginho, thank you. Yeah. A defensive midfielder. I'm not known for my pronunciations, sadly. Uh a defensive midfielder from Napoli, uh heavily rumored to to be coming over and um talk that Sari is not enamored with Conte. And I'm like, I don't get that man. <laughs> I know that wasn't the most articulate way is to phrase that, that but – Is that true? You, like, is that true? They yeah, would want to just what,
0: play Jorginho and Conte together?
1: They, it's possible. But there are some rumors that Sarri is not as enamored with Conte. I, it's like – I'm trying to think of who wouldn't be – who wouldn't love Conte? Like what – he's everybody's taste, right? He's like Coca-Cola. He's like – <laughs> he's, you know it's like he's not Conte? new coke
0: Conte is classic coke, <laughs> he's,
1: coke that's how classic. lovable he is yeah <laughs> yeah so uh drees mertens who's been um you know he's on he the belgian team he's played quite well um is also rumored um to be a possible move he was you know another napoli player um so I, you know, I don't know about the Dries Mertens thing. I mean, this kind of happens every time a manager jumps from one club, to, like from a big, from a bigish club to another club. You know, there's sort of all their top players get rumored to move with them. Mm-hmm, yeah. So you know, we'll we'll see if it actually happens. But, um, you know, that if that happened, that would be trouble for uh, Murata. If it doesn't happen, I actually wonder if we're overlooking Murata a bit. I mean, he's oh,
0: we absolutely are. Even if Giroud. Turns out to be the favored striker there, um, which I can't believe we're having this conversation. Yeah, he's going to be completely knackered by the World Cup. Murata is Murata passes my Instagram test. He is all over Chelsea's Instagram right now. He is he is the best player as far as Chelsea's Instagram is
1: concerned. Exactly, Uh, you know. I think that he is he's he's ready to go. I mean, you know, and sorry will actually know him too, you know, because Murata played in Syria too. So you wonder if uh, you know if if sorry will maybe get the best out of him in a way that we didn't see last season. Um, You know, eleven goals, six assists last season. I mean, not not terrible return. Um, So yeah, I think that he's that. The only issue is that that nine million price point is a little tricky. It can be Mm -hmm. sometimes. It's that it's that. You know, Giroud at Arsenal was often at that price point or 8.5 million or so, where it's just like you almost want to go just you almost want to spend the extra one or two million for the for the sure thing or go down seven million, you know, for the for the Arnatovich type um, and then invest that money elsewhere. So uh, but if he if he comes up firing, then uh, at 2.2 percent ownership right now, I really like like him. So given all the stuff that we know about uh, how the World Cup is going to affect them, uh, there are a couple of players to at least keep an eye out for, possibly even start your season with. It wouldn't be unreasonable. It, would it be reasonable? I don't know. It would be uh, It'd be an option anyway, which is Osplaquetta um, <laughs> and Alonso, both priced at $6.5 million. Aspliqueta, two goals, success, 25 bonus points. Uh, probably the, t- the player who's most locked into starting game week one, Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. in the entire team. Um, Marcus Alonso, seven goals, two assists, 15 bonus points. Possible starting concern, however. And uh, I just don't know. I just honestly, I might just avoid this whole squad at the start with the possible exception of of, of Avara Morata. I just, I don't know. I mean, I would wait until game week three or four with them. I mean, their, their fixtures get really good starting in game week four, basically. Right where they play Bournemouth and Cardiff at home, back to back. But I'm not sure that you need them before then.
0: I'm intrigued by this rumor that Sari likes Emerson and at five point five a route into that Chelsea defense. I I really yeah. can't believe that he would become a regular starter. Not that I know anything, but yeah. Yeah. It, the choice between Alonso and Aspalaquetta, if if either of them take off, will be a big choice. It's nice yeah. that uh Alonso is now back to six point five yeah. and and it's an easy switch between the two.
1: Right. It turns out that uh, the Emerson that Sorry likes is the uh, 19th century transcendental philosopher, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, Just one of those things that got lost in translation. Um, Fair play. Yeah, he Mm -hmm. likes Emerson and Thoreau. So, yeah, I I don't I I wouldn't I wouldn't look at him for for FPL. Um, (laughs) (laughs) OK, so, yeah, I think this is a team uh, that I would I would mostly avoid uh, at least until game week four. Right. I don't I don't even love that Newcastle away fixture in game week three. I wait till game week four yeah uh
0: okay so crystal palace uh this is roy hodgson's teams now he 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 came in late in the game salvaged what was one of the worst uh openings to a <laughs> season in history yeah, yeah exactly and roy is known for being an organized um sort of alpha solid he, he total alpha dog. <laughs> he's just barking orders uh pacing up and down the sideline um yeah, the the jacket comes off immediately. Oh uh, uh,
1: sure, he's a fire breather.
0: Wouldn't that be amazing if Hodgson sh- shows up for the first game and he does the full Sean Dice? He like <laughs> shaves his head but has those weird pointy sideburns and has a goatee. goatee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> even, uh, even the thought of Hodgson with its shaved head is like so <laughs> – I can't quite see it.
0: <laughs> All right. So well, here's the real news about Crystal Palace. Their opening run of fixtures is very tantalizing. With the exception of a Liverpool home match in game week two, it's Fulham, Watford, Southampton, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Bournemouth, and Wolverhampton in the first eight game weeks. It's That's pretty
1: amazing. I'm going to need to have Will Zaha, aren't I?
0: Yeah. So, um, there are these rumors floating around with Zaha that he's being linked to Borussia Dortmund. I don't know if, you know, what, what's going on there, if there's any truth to that. I, but Palace must pay whatever price that they have to pay to keep Zaha on this team. But because without them, I mean, this is what happened to Palace at the start of last season, right? He got injured in the first game and then they could not score a goal. Right. Um, so they really need to keep him healthy and keep him on, on the team. So the big talking point was Zaha, of course, is that he's seven point million and reclassified from a midfielder to now a forward. Will this take him off the table, or is there the Firmino effect? So do you remember, Firmino went through the same reclassification process at the end of la- uh, at the start of last season, and it turned out to work like a charm for Firmino. It kind of right. kept his price. Um, not artificially low, but it kept it low and, uh, he was still scoring goals. And it also, I think it, it, the conventional wisdom is being reclassified as a forward helps your bonus output.
1: Right. And if you're a goal scorer, you get more points, you get more bonus points for that. For That's goal. true. Right, yeah. right,
0: right, right, right. So nine goals and seven assists in total for Zaha last season. Peter Locke asked, $7 surely a bargain, especially when Millie is at 6.5. So, yeah, Milivojevic, which we can touch upon quickly. Mm, so um, sad. He got a huge bump at, at 6.5. Insane. I mean, I know he's and, in
1: pens, but, man, at $6 million, I like him at 6.5. It's funny how that 0.5 can make such a big difference, isn't it? But it really makes it seems too too much, 6.5.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh I do think that Milivojevic does more in open play than he gets credit for. Sure. I mean, he he does drop quite deep to get the ball, but he is on a lot of set pieces and he he ne- did score yeah. it I think two goals from open play last season. Yeah.
1: He just I he'll never have a season like he did last year. I I, I I don't know. I mean, he's just not that's not his game, really. I don't know. So I I'm not I'm not I'm not feeling Millie as much as I as as, as useful as he was for my team last year.
0: Yeah. Uh, Migtavius on Twitter, who I believe is as a true blue Crystal Palace fan, asks a question. uh, How do you feel about Zaha's FPL appeal uh, if he leaves Palace? Less appealing, more appealing. So forget the Dortmund rumors. What if Zaha were to go to another Premier League club or is it is it? a special magical thing that happens just at Selhurst Park for Zaha.
1: Well, I mean, he, he, you know, when he was younger, he, he moved from Palace to Man United, you know, it didn't, didn't work out. Um, He's, you know, probably a better finisher now, more confident player than he was four, you know, four years ago. Um, It would, yeah, I'd be affected, but his price would be so low that he might, he'd probably still be worth it anyway. Right. I mean, if he was actually going to start, yeah. um, you know, the concern was that he'd move to a, I don't know, Spurs or something, and then just be sort of this rotation player who was, you know, getting a few matches here and there. And, you know, um, I don't know. I hope he doesn't move. I, I you know, I actually think, um, yeah, I think he's really appealing. I think the fixtures are good. Um, there's just a lot to like about him. You know, I mean, he's he really, he really was playing as a forward. I mean, I guess the concern is that he stops playing as a forward. Right. Yeah. And then and then he's yeah. a midfielder playing out of position, you know, or classified out of position as a forward. Right. And that would be the concern.
0: So that's the huge question. Does Palace sign an actual striker? Because what they're left with here is just a murderer's row of um, people who won't be starting. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. Christian Benteke, uh, they stuck with him throughout his incredible goal drought last season. Just yeah. three goals. But yeah. Um seven assists is not gonna cut it for a 6.5 point Insane. It's so, Ins-
1: insanely high number of assists. Yeah.
0: I do wonder if Benteke gets sold somewhere and, yeah. and that which would mean they lean on Zaha even more if they don't sign sure. anybody. But um Sorloth, as much of a lord that he is here on the Always Cheating podcast, nowhere near nailed on to that starting eleven. So sad. Um Connor Wickham, he's back. <laughs> what do you you remember when Connor Wickham was he was playing at Sunderland. He was going to somehow save them. And then he moved to Palace. And yeah. he's just not been able to stay healthy.
1: Yeah, he belongs in Lake 2 or something. You know, he's... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he, he should be playing okay. for Portsmouth.
0: Yeah. All right, we, we, we talked about Milivojevic being priced up to 6.5. That's really a tough sell. Kind of expensive, even though he did have a sensational run on penalties last season. Andres Townsend, he's rumored to go to Newcastle. Um, my note here, I like, apparently Newcastle is interested. I am not. Yeah. Um, and Loftus-Cheek, uh, he's, he's, uh, his loan is over. He's back to Chelsea. You do feel like Palace might be missing a guy like Loftus-Cheek. I wonder if they're going to move on him. Uh, yeah. Before the it, transfer window closes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess it'll depend on what Sorry wants to do. Um, it'd be great if he got loaned out to someone, Palace or someone else. Um, yeah, he might be too I mean, his, his
0: career is so much on the upward trajectory, uh, getting into the World Cup squad, getting some minutes there in Russia. Everyone loves this guy. So he, right. he needs minutes. Right. OK, right. so uh, we, we really need to talk about defense with Palace. We talked about the incredible opening run of fixtures for Palace. And there are some bargains to be had. James Tompkins, he is priced to buy at four point five million pounds. I don't know if you're uh, keyed into Tompkins' spurt of goal scoring toward the end of last season. He ended up <laughs> with, with three goals. Yeah. And he's a guy that Hodgson seems to rate and like. I don't see how he would fall away from the starting lineup. So at 4.5, I really do like him, particularly if you're comparing him to the other big hitters in the back line, and that's uh, Sacco and PVA. PVA, right. terrible defender. But the best defensive attacking player that Crystal Palace has, but that five point five price tag for PVA, a bit, is, bit high. Yeah, yeah, that, that's like Alon's comparatively an Alonzo level price for their a Crystal fixtures. Palace
1: I, I like the stability, the year-over-year year stability with them keeping Hodgson. I don't think it's complete insanity to have um, to, to have PVA. I wish that they weren't playing two away fixtures in their first three with one of them being a – and then the middle match being a home match with Liverpool. You know, it doesn't scare me off Zaha or even some of their midfielders, but it does scare me off their defenders a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, I I just want to make one quick point about Sacco. He is a bonus point magnet. Uh, He played – because of injury, he played far fewer minutes than the likes of Tompkins did. But uh, he – Sure, I lost my place on my notes. He finished on 18 bonus points for the season. And if you look at Tompkins, uh, who uh, had three more clean sheets on his record than Sacco did, finished with just nine bonus points. Uh, And he scored those goals, as I mentioned. So um, I do wonder if it's worth the upgrade to 5.0 for Sacco, looking at the clean sheet potential with Palace and the bonus points that you're going to be raking in.
1: Yep, that makes sense. And I, I see you have a note here about Gaeta, too. Um, that was the keeper that they had looked at. Didn't they? I think they bought him in January, and then he wasn't actually able to join the club in yeah. the summer.
0: Yep. Yeah, so he's one of those that you throw into the conversation about 4.5 keeper rotations. We were just talking about Matty Ryan, and uh, we'll talk about Lukas Fabianski in our next preview pod. Yep. But um, I, I think he's an interesting option if you're looking for a GK rotation.
1: Yep. Uh, I think, yeah, I think, I think so too, actually. Um, I, you know, he's not in my bus team right now, but maybe he should be, by the way, a bus team for anybody who's been to the podcast is the set and forget team that you do every week. Just in case you get hit by a bus and happen to miss, uh, the, you know, miss setting your team right before the matches start. It's always good to have that bus team ready to go just in case. So
0: right, uh, and, and yeah. God, God forbid you perish from getting hit by the bus. You don't want to be remembered <laughs> for having a really terrible crappy lineup. That lineup.
1: Can... Exactly, that'd be, that'd, be, that'd be fate worse than death. <laughs> uh, all right, Everton uh, opening fixtures. They are fantastic. Uh, they play away to Wolves, home to Southampton, away to Bournemouth, home to Huddersfield, home to West Ham. You know, so uh, Mike DiPietro, our new producer, Brandon says, "I think there's some new, Producer, I think there's some value in Everton. New manager, great fixtures. I'm looking at you, Gilfie. Um, You know, the World Cup's not going to affect them too much. Uh, Pickford, uh, you know, obviously, you know, was starting keeper for um, for, Ever- for um, England. Uh, played extremely well. He might get some rest. I mean, I guess it's possible he misses a week. Um, he is in that five million keeper price range, which we talked about earlier, being sort of a tricky." A tricky price unless you're just going to use mm-hmm. them as a set it and forget keeper um so you know okay a couple i have one I'm important willing, note I'm, here uh
0: okay
1: oh just i have an important note that every year um really i guess starting last year when they came into new ownership the most ridiculous transfer rumors seem to accompany everton they are in for every good player Right like Neymar uh-huh. will be linked With Everton at some point this summer And it's just it's complete nonsense I don't know who's propagating it I don't know if it's like one random person Who just like
0: you're, you're serious these.
1: Yeah I like don't Believe any of the stuff <laughs> I'm hearing about Everton Like uh-huh. they're not they're not going to get Yuri Mina there's no way Like one of the best yeah. center backs In the World Cup is going to leave Barcelona To go to Everton for like 20 million Like that is complete <laughs> nonsense It's not going to happen um, do you, do you disagree?
0: No, no, I, I don't disagree. I do think it is nonsense. I mean, I know they have the new ownership that came in last season and they just have boatloads of money. So I,
1: but who do they buy? Really? You know, they bought, they bought Gilfie Sigurdsson and, and Theo Walcott. It's
0: true. I, I am very conspiratorial with this, with all the media stuff. Like I do wonder if it's layers and layers, like if, if the uh, Everton staff put out rumors that Neymar might be coming, does then that make it more appealing for a, a lesser world-class player that they're trying to woo? Well, I um, think that's not, not that that would work. Yeah. It's ludicrous, but uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter seed, for seeding the yeah. marketplace.
1: It's possible, yeah. But I just, I mean, they were in for like Axel Witzel and a bunch of other solid players last offseason. Then they basically ended up with exactly the kind of players you'd expect a team like them to bring in right which is like you know players on the wrong side of 30 who are Tosin really, and Walcott yeah Walcott and Guilfi Sigurdsson and you know like just kind of I mean Tosin okay so Tosin is the player that I, I to me he's kind of an avoid I he had five goals no assists. it's it's unclear how much Marcus Silva rates him um I, I like mm-hmm. Silva as a manager I mean it's it's you know things didn't work out at, at Watford I, I do think he's a good he's a good manager um, just Tosin, given all the players we've already talked about in this podcast, you know Zaha and Josh King and, um, and in the Burnley strikers, you know Chris Wood in particular. I just I rate all of those players more highly than Tosin, even given their fixtures. So the question is, you know, is there is there a midfielder or a forward that you would want, you know, given their fixtures? And I, you know, I actually I don't want to just reject it out of hand, but, you know, because there probably is some value here and it's just going to take some work to figure out who it is. Like, I think that this is a team you're just, you're just going to have to watch some friendlies. You're going to have to see who's playing well, good into the season. You know, Theo Walcott, you know, he started okay and kind of faded, but he's only 6.5 million. Um, he could be an option. I mean, I would love it if uh, Yannick Belasi finally came back. Right. Like, you know, oh, yeah.
0: terrible injury,
1: basically missed a season. Um, you know, a player that, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's some players in their team who just didn't work out last year. Um, you know, there's Nicola Vlasic, you know, the heir to the Vlasic pickle dynasty, who, you know, is priced at 5 million, could be a player, great makes his way into great pickles, could make his way into the, uh, into the Everson side. I mean, Davy Clausen is still on this team. Remember how, like we were, we were talking about Clausen like he was the next Christian Erickson at the start of last mm-hmm. season. Um, now yeah. he's. Now he's a six million rando who had no goals and no assists. Last. I mean, he only played two hundred and forty eight minutes last season. It's <laughs> hard to crack that Dutch league uh, glass ceiling, Josh. <laughs> it is. You know, so, if Josie Altidore
0: couldn't do it, um, I don't see how Davy Klassen could. Yeah.
1: So, I just because I can't give you an Everton pick right now does not mean that I think you should reject Everton as assets for your team going into game week one. I just think that we need to wait a few more weeks to to know who those players might be. Um, so that's, that's all I'll say about that. I mean, you know, Margaret Steinerlin is an, another under the rear option. I talked about him on last week's podcast. Um, if he starts and, and they're rejuvenated under Silva, uh, 4.5 yeah. million fifth midfielder. I mean, you know, he's not that far removed from, you know, he had four goals a couple seasons ago, five goals, a couple seasons before that. Um, I actually didn't realize he'd been in the league since 2013. Uh, I thought he yeah, he yeah. was,
0: he was my original, um, one of my original, uh, fifth midfielders because i think right, right, he was man. priced at 4.5 when he was at southampton and he'd right. come in and score the odd goal
1: yeah so possibly schneiderlin as a fifth mid uh the forwards uh Itosin, maybe calver lewin you know earns a starting spot so let's let's just let's just wait and see on this team uh the, the defense i i don't like baines at 5.5 5. uh keen i think is 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 a reasonable pick at 5 million i it'd be interesting to see who they pair with keen uh, it's not clear mm-hmm. who the other center back i don't know if they, they might end up buying somebody uh but if not you're looking at ashley williams or phil jagielka um it, it's it's got to like, be jagielka
0: you know. ashley williams basically set fire to his career last season
1: <laughs> but is like 36 so i let's I, i'm assuming that they're they're going to bring in somebody new to pair with so this whole everton team let's bring, let's just move on from everton we'll talk okay, more about yeah. them in future podcasts <laughs> All right, on to
0: Fulham, the tiki-taka of the championship, uh, won the third place match, uh, the most expensive or most valuable or whatever, whatever the cliche is, game in football. Um, so here they are. They're promoted um, after, after a very respectful run in the championship. <laughs> Big signings to talk about. Did I put that diplomatically enough?
1: I know you weren't. I, I thought there was going to be more excitement when you got to Fulham. This is the first time you have been able to talk about Fulham's FPL Prospects on the always treating podcast yeah that's, that's okay well,
0: so just broadly spree- speaking it's exciting but it's also terrifying because fulham uh they so perfectly constructed a squad to succeed in the championship and it was through a, a series of canny loan moves guys like uh mitrovich and target and the squad that won that third place match, it just all kind of fell away. Their loanees left. They lost Fredericks, who uh, played really well for them. He's over at West Ham now. Man, they have no fullbacks. They have no striker. You go to the FPL page, they have 12 players <laughs> to choose from. So I, I am I'm slightly terrified that this that Fulham is going to roll up into the Premier League and they're just going to just going to get steamrolled trying to play their their Huddersfield style. um glorious the optimism?
1: Event. My goodness, Brandon, let's, <laughs> let's see some optimism, man. <clears throat> okay, so here's
0: the optimism. They just announced two amazing signings today. We we're recording on Thursday. Uh, Jean Michel Seri, or Michael, depending on where you're from, he's a really exciting. Yeah, 26-year-old. Michael, Michael, Sarah. Michael Sarah, they signed star of arrested development, Michael <laughs> Um, the noted Ivory Coast resident, Michael uh, he, uh So Siri, he's a great um, uh, midfielder from Nice, probably not going to be an FPL Dynamo. He's more of a holding midfielder. Uh, he just scored two goals last season. But if you go all the way back to 2016, 2017, he put seven goals in for Nice. So. Uh, he's a class player. He will elevate the midfield. A lot of the talk is what is Siri going to do for this team writ large as opposed to an individual FPL player. So we're just looking at him for what he can do, I think, for a player like Tom Kearney. So Kearney is the huge bargain. He's the team captain, the talismanic figure on this team. Uh, he is priced to buy at five million. He could potentially be on pens. Pens is it's a bit of a mystery for Fulham. They only had four or five pens last season in total, and um this guy Norwood actually took all of them. Uh, but there, Carney is maybe he can be pushed a little farther forward because of a player like Siri coming in, and I like him a lot as a fifth mid- midfielder. If you're willing to go from four point five to five. Uh, Kearney is looking good there. And Ryan Sessegnon, the other midfielder of note, 6.5, amazingly talented. You don't need to hear it from me. 18 year old Englishman. A lot of people were saying, take Sessegnon with England to the world cup. He's that good. Um, he scored a whopping 16 goals last season in the championship in an amazing story for him to be converted from a defense defensive back to this exciting scoring, um, I would liken his style of play to Leroy Sané on Man City. He plays that uh, sort of attacking winger role for Fulham. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a miracle that Cesson Young is, because he's so beloved, that Fulham looks like they're going to be able to keep him on their payroll this season. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we, we talked about this in one of our previous World Cup pods, talking about, um, I don't know how it came up. Anyway, it did. And uh, if you compare 6.5 for Cessignan to 5.0 for Kearney, if you're looking at a newly promoted team like Fulham, where we don't know exactly yeah. what we're going to get, what to expect, it's much lower risk for Kearney and yeah. uh, probably C- better value.
1: Cessignan's already; it's 15% ownership already in the league, which in the in the FPL game, which seems crazy high to me. Um, yeah, given everything you said, I mean, it it, it could work out, but uh, yeah, it seems a little. For an 18-year-old, that's a lot of pressure. So um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Not much
0: else to see here. Uh, they only have two defenders listed in, in the game at this the moment.
1: Inc- it is crazy, by the way, Like that they have two defenders listed. I mean, I, th- this has never happened before. I've never gone to an FPL page and seen 12 players listed. Yeah.
0: We can confirm that they do have a third defender, though. So um, a part of the Siri transfer news was also his – compatriot at Nice, Maxime Lemachard. He's a 28-year-old 20, French man. He plays left back. And so this is interesting. I like to see this chemistry that Djukanovic uh, is bringing into the the side. They're losing all these low knees, uh, great but uh, and, and young, but kind of mercenary style footballers. So two of these players who know each other from league, 1, they're going to come and bring a little bit of um pedigree and chemistry to the starting 11. So that's exciting. So I'd be interested to see what Machard is priced at. He's not a goal scoring threat, uh, more of assist potential coming from him down the wing. So I'm not anticipating him having a huge price tag, probably coming in at 4.5. Okay. Um. Yeah. And 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 then we just wait to see what happens with Mitrovic. He'll likely get signed from Newcastle because he just fit in so well. He's got that Serbian connection with Jukanovic. And uh if if that does happen, uh I would predict a 6.0 price tag.
1: Yeah, and and he would be very intriguing at 6, six million. I mean, he's his finishing was not great this summer for Serbia, but uh I mean, he's, you know, he was yeah, like you said, he fits so well with that team. Uh, it's huge goals in the second half of the season to help propel Falling uh, back into the league, so yeah, uh, and
0: he's one of those yeah. strikers that he has something to prove. Um, yeah, you know he he didn't quite make the mark that people had thought he could. The last his last run in the Premier League, so I, I think that's exciting.
1: Final team Huddersfield. I'm glad, I'm glad this is the final team because I'm, I am, I am uh, getting talked out here, Brandon. Uh, their opening fixtures are so horrible. Oh my god, so horrible. Uh, they play uh, Chelsea and Man City to kick things off. Uh, a little breather, I suppose. They play Cardiff, and Cardiff Everton, and Crystal Palace the next three. And then it's Leicester, Spurs, Burnley, Liverpool in the four matches to follow. So they better get some wins right in that, right in that little game week three to five tier. They could really be in some trouble. Uh, no players at all in the World Cup, so nothing to worry about there. Uh, incoming players uh, still to be determined. Uh, no big news on that front yet. Uh, Jonas Lassell, uh, 4.5 million, 10 clean sheets, one assist. Um, well oh, done, actually, Jonas. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say not at all. By the way, I, I forgot that Aaron, Aaron Moy, of course, played for Australia. Um, Aaron Moy with five point five million, four goals and three assists last season. Um, yeah, You know, it's just a little too high for me at five point five. You yeah. know, it's yeah. You know, again, another player he wish was just a, a half million t- uh, cheaper. The thing, whole thing about Huddersfield is that they're they're like a weird like. Poor, very poor man's man city or something where there's like so much rotation for such a small squad, <laughs> like you uh-huh. or for such a small, like a small club. You're like, how is it like, do they rotate like eight defenders and like a million midfielders and the forwards or rota- like, I mean, it's, it's clearly the, they're, are key to, to staying up and to get, mm-hmm. you know, it's like fresh legs. And I mean, David, David Wagner is actually the player I would, the, the manager I would most like to see the U S men's team, um, bring in um as as their as their next manager i just i I think he's so good at mixing and matching players and um for those who don't know david wagner is actually um actually has caps for the u.s men's team he was born in germany but he played for the u.s men's team um so anyway i mean i i I have a lot of respect for this team for staying up i don't see a lot of uh fpl assets here um tom intz possible bounce back candidate um he's you know Created a created a fair amount of chances, uh, but he had just an awful uh, conversion rate last season. So, you know, Tom Inks is kind of in that that try hard category. Uh, yeah, we lump him earlier. in with knock Yeah, exactly. So, um, but you know, he's certainly affordable at five million. So um, maybe maybe a player if you, if you're really looking for kind of a punty. Uh, you know, if it, maybe maybe you're playing five across the middle or or you just have enough money to spend five million on your fifth defender or in your fifth midfielder, maybe he's an option to, to think about mm-hmm. there. But given their fixtures, realistically he's not. Um yeah. you know, and then the uh the forwards, uh, you know, you've got De Poitras, um, six goals and two assists. You have uh Mounier who um had seven goals, which is actually more than I realized he had, um, and and two assists at six million, but I, I just see better options there. So um
0: don't forget uh, about Quainar, everyone's favorite enabler. Yeah.
1: yeah. So the players are priced to buy for sure. Um and Lossel is possibly a rotation option, especially if you're playing an early wild car. You could, you know, you certainly could start him at game weeks three and five, uh, home to Cardiff and Crystal Palace. But uh, other than that, I just you know, Zanka actually, uh, you know, I forgive me. I really messed up my World Cup thing with them because they have they have they have multiple players who win the World Cup, including Zanka. who scored a goal for goodness sakes. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just, I just don't see, um, a lot of value here and I wouldn't, I would not be spending my time acquiring Huddersfield assets. I think I'd rather have players in the promoted squads, you know, particularly Cardiff and, and Fulham. I
0: I do think Christopher Schindler was an unsung hero last season for some people with nine clean sheets and and two assists. He's still at 4.5, but I do tend to agree. Hudders, there's, there's real no reason to get on the Huddersfield bandwagon right now. But special shout out to De Poitre. He is the hair plug king of the Premier League right now. Just the way he gets the fake hair to just stand straight up, it's 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 really remarkable. I think it's true. <laughs> it, it is
1: remarkable. All right, Brennan, we, we have gone so long. We have, we have questions here that, um, that we're just going to have to hold off until next week's podcast. We're actually recording a podcast and we're recording part two in just a couple of days. So, so James Queralt, uh, brand new Patreon supporter. Sorry, we're not getting to your question, Well actually the teams you want us to talk about, we're going to talk about next week's podcast. Anyway, uh, same thing for Jamal Rice, FPL Ant, FPL King, FPL Tornado, Ian Walker and M Bison. um, I we, all your questions were on our on our list of of, of questions to discuss, but um, when you when you do two hours of team previews, uh, something, something's got to go. So, so <laughs> yeah. we will answer well, those questions. Though, thank you for asking them.
0: Yeah, and and, and, and M Bison M Bison in particular asked us to reveal our game week one bus teams, and I think it's a nice reprieve that I get another few days to tinker yeah. with my with my game week one team before I present yeah. it to our our uh, audience. So, yeah, fair play.
1: Yep, yeah, I exactly. agreed. So, uh thank you for listening. Uh once again, we'll be back. Uh we're recording Monday night, so we'll be back Tuesday morning with uh with part 2 of our of our team previews. You know, once the season actually begins, we'll be back on that regular um, you know, Sunday night, Monday night recording, you know, podcast Monday or Tuesday morning, um, you know, depending on whether there's a Monday fixture. Um, but you know, for now, early season, you know, there's some vacations and stuff. Uh, everything is a little Um, in flux. So uh, we'll be back in a normal schedule in you know, three or four weeks time.
0: Yeah. okay. so before we leave, just the housekeeping. uh, Don't forget to check out those Patreon um, supporting tiers that Josh talked about earlier in the pod. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating for more info. We appreciate all your help. Uh, Of course, none of this is possible without our producers, Mike DiPietro, Mr. Peaches himself, and also uh, the official brewmaster of always cheating, Stephen Toomey. Steven he's a good follow on Twitter he has these amazing 30 second beer reviews that he does uh, I encourage you to check him out also a solid Watford fan while you're while we while you're here listening to our pod just go to the iTunes Apple podcast store real quick give us 5 stars if you enjoy what you hear leave us a review if you can that helps us a lot in, in getting the podcast out there. You can also subscribe to Always Cheating on SoundCloud. Go to SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash always cheating. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Hell Cheaters. We're at facebook.com slash always cheating. And uh, if you if you've spaced out there, just go to always cheating.com. <laughs> we have links there, of course, to the Always Cheating Super League, which is free to join for all of our listeners, anyone who's a fan. We already have about 1,500 players in that mini league right now. So there's an auto-join link at alwayscheating.com to get into our mini league. And Josh, uh, if people have elaborate questions, can they just email us? Yep,
1: yeah, they can email us, uh, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Uh, just one thing to add, uh, if you're interested in joining our Patreon draft league, um, I would suggest joining that, joining that Patreon tier by at least the end of this month. Maybe, maybe into early August. But I, I, we want to do that draft at least, you know, a week before the season starts. So um, just a just a heads up there. But uh, other than that, yeah, we're we'll back in a few days with part two of the podcast. And uh, thanks for listening. Poku forever. depetro and Toomey forever.
0: Hail depetro and Toomey forever.
1: <laughs>
0: All
2: right. Good night. Good night and good luck.